This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Genesis chapter 24, verse 19 says this, And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also, for they have done drinking. And when she had given him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. There was a gentleman, there was a singer by the name of David Allen Cole. David Allen Cole. I don't know if you remember that name. But David Allen Cole, somebody asked him one time, would he consider being a fireman? Be a, being a fireman. And David Allen Cole said, if I was a fireman, I would tell him to take that job and shove it. And somebody said, David, you ought to play off that and write a song. And he wrote a song entitled, Take That Job and Shove It. And he pitched that song to a guy named Johnny Paycheck. Now, that's the guy, that, that last name, he's the right guy for the song, amen? Take that job and shove it, Paycheck. He pitched it to Johnny Paycheck. And Johnny Paycheck recorded that song, and it became his only number one hit, Take That Job and Shove It. And as I was thinking about Happy Days, I was thinking, we don't need to take the job and shove it. We need to take that job and love it. Take that job and love it. Because it's so important that we have Happy Days at our work. Think about this. The average life, your life, my life, you'll spend 90,000 hours at work. If you just live a normal life, you'll spend 90,000 hours at work. One-third, one-third of your life will be spent at work. And here's what's interesting. We spend all those hours at work, but 80% of people are dissatisfied with their jobs. 80%. Do you realize, folks, that more heart attacks take place on Monday morning than any other time during the week? Because 29% of Americans, people just like you, people just like me, equate their work as prison. Prison. So how do we take that job and love it? Now, let me, let, me, let me lay some groundwork. First of all, folks, God wants us to work. God wants us to work. There won't nothing work in your life until you do. The harder you work, the luckier you'll get. Amen? Work's a four-letter word that America needs to learn. We've, we, we've, we've got to work. And somebody said, Pastor, that was because of the curse and Satan and the curse on man. No, it wasn't. Work was instituted before the curse. Look what Genesis 2.15 says. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it. God said, hey, Adam, I want you to work. It's that simple. You say, my husband loves me so deeply. Well, we, he does love you so deeply, but he needs to work. Amen? He needs to work. 
It's a responsibility. Now, let me say this, folks. There's different, when I'm studying the Bible, you say, what, what translation do you have? I probably have 20. I'm not exaggerating. And when I look at a scripture, I look at different translations of the scripture. And I love this translation of Thessalonians. It's actually from the message. Look what he says. Don't you remember the rule we had when we live with you? If you don't work, you don't eat. Now, now, I'm not talking about a person that's physically disabled. I'm talking about a person that's, well, anyway. And now we're getting reports that a bunch of lazy good-for-nothings, <laughs> boy, I tell you, <laughs> see, the guy that's seeking employment maybe not necessarily be seeking work, amen? A bunch of lazy good-for-nothings are taking advantage of you. This must not be tolerated. We command them to get to work immediately, no excuses, no arguments, and earn their own keep. Friends, don't slack off in doing your duty. Now, parents, parents, look here. As a parent, I did a whole lot of things wrong. I was not the greatest parent. I was gone a lot preaching. But one of the greatest things I did was when my child reached a certain age, we made our way to Chick-fil-A, and I got her a job. And the greatest thing you can do for your children is to teach them the importance of working and teach it to them early on. That didn't cost you nothing. All right. Now, how can I take my job and love it? Let me give you some principles. Number one, start to play. Start to play. I never thought about this until this week. Do you realize, folks, of the 41,173 verses in the Bible, the very first one has to do with work. Do you ever think about that? In the beginning, God created. God created the world, the rocks, the reels, the hoes, the hills, the birds, the bees, the flowers, and the trees. But in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Here's, here's God our Father. He created. He worked. And you know what's amazing? After he created everything, look what verse 31 says. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. What God do? God worked, and then he felt good about his work. So when I'm saying start to play, here's the secret to occupational success. Find something that you enjoy doing. And learn to do it well enough that people will pay you for doing it. <laughs> Find something. That's where God's gifted you anyway. Find something. If you, if you say, Pastor Benny, I hate my job, it's a good indicator that's not your giftedness. If you say, Brother Benny, I just about have a heart attack every Monday morning, well, you're probably at the wrong place. You say, well, thank God I'm going to quit in the morning. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't put your airplane in the air till you got a place to land. Amen? <laughs> but what I'm saying, find what you enjoy doing and learn to do it well enough that people will pay you for doing it. Start to play. The other day I was reminded of a quote because I was hanging out with my dear friend Truett Cathy. <laughs> Truett Cathy said, if you fall in love with your work, 
you'll never have to go to work again. If you fall in love. So, so ladies and gentlemen, principle number one, find something you enjoy doing. Find where God's gifted you. Find where you're supposed to be. Listen, 90,000 hours are too many hours for a gold watch. 90,000 hours are too many hours to be miserable. Uh, you said, Pastor, I've been here 10 years. That's okay. 90,000 hours is too many hours to not have fulfillment in your life. Start to play. Step number two, do more than expected each day. Do more than expected each day. Let me, let me tell you the story that we read. There was a man by the name of Abraham. He was married to Sarah. You remember Abraham and Sarah? They were 99 and 90 when they had that first baby. Amen? I mean, science said it couldn't happen. ACLU said it couldn't happen. Uh, the medical field said it couldn't happen. But God leaned over the balcony of heaven and said it's going to happen. Amen? And there they was, first family ever to pay the pediatrician bill out of the Social Security check. I mean, it was pretty neat. <laughs> it was pretty neat. But Sarah died. And the problem was Isaac was getting 40 years old. And Isaac was 40 years old, and Abraham said, well, i got to find a wife for her. But he said, no, for him. But said, I want to make sure he does not marry one of these Canaanite girls. I don't want him to marry a non-believer. And let me just say something right here, folks. If you're a Christian, I'm not going to camp here long, but if you're a Christian and you're single, you ought to be dating Christians. If you're a Christian and you're single, you ought to be dating a Christian. If you're a young lady, listen to me very closely. Uh, if he don't love Jesus more than you love Jesus, you don't need him. We don't believe in this missionary dating. No, 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 that didn't work. No, no, no. You say, well, I think I, can, I, I, I think I can just touch him. No, 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 no. You won't touch him. He'll be trying to touch you. Amen? Amen. I'll promise you, you, if he's not a believer, you'll go out with him and you'll find out he's Oscar the octopus. Amen? <laughs> I mean, I don't know who that's for. I mean, I used to tell Savannah Abigail. I used to tell Savannah Abigail. I'd say, Savannah, when you date, take that Bible with you. <laughs> take that Bible with you. I said, you in that car? I said, you put that Bible right between you and him. She said, you're kidding, Daddy. I said, no, no, no. You take that Bible, you put it right between you and him. I said, if he can crawl over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you don't need to be out with him, no way. Just put that Bible right between you and him. But Abraham said, I want my son, I want you to go to Mesopotamia because there's good girls over there. He says to his oldest servant, Eliezer, you go over there and you bring him back a godly girl. Bring him back a godly girl. And Eliezer, see, he didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of him like we do. And Eliezer said, God, I need, a, I need a sign. When I get over there, the young gal who comes out to me and offers me a glass of water at the well, she offers me something to drink, and she also offers to water my camels. <laughs> I'll know that's the one. And Lord, behold, he gets to the well. Rebecca walks up. She offers him something to drink, and she says, can I water those camels also? Now, think about this, folks. A camel will drink 30 gallons of water. We're talking 300 gallons of water poured up out of that well. You know what she was willing to do? She was willing to do more than expected. Let me tell you something. You want to be successful? 
do more than expected every day. Do what you can for those people around you that work around you. Do what you can for your boss. Do more than expected every day because there's no traffic jams on the extra mile. You say, well, Pastor Ben, just as quick as my job's over, I bolt out. Let me tell you something, and your boss notices that. Well, I just get there right on time, and your boss notices that. And you're not willing to go the extra mile in no way, and I'll promise you, your boss notices that. I'll promise you. But if you want to enjoy your job, do more than expected because you've got to understand this, folks. You've got to understand, and I'm getting ready to move. You've got to understand who your boss is. You say, she's a witch. Uh uh-uh, it's not her. Look what the Bible says in Colossians. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Serve them sincerely because your reverent fear of the Lord. Working willingly at whatsoever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. When I speak to football teams, who are you playing for? Well, I'm playing for the Eagles. No, no. Who are you playing for? I'm playing for the fans. No, no, no. Who are you playing for? I'm playing for my girlfriend that's a cheerleader. No, no. You're playing for God. Who are you working for? You're working for God. Who ultimately is your boss? God. You say, well, I'm slack and I'm slipping. Let me tell you something. You're going to give an account before God. Because ultimately, he's not your boss anyway. She's not your boss anyway. She's not your superior anyway. God is your superior. God is your superior. And we ought to do more than expected every day if you want to take this job and love it. See, many times our philosophy is I want to do the least I can and get the most payment. But our philosophy should be I want to do the most I can. Amen, Benny. I'm just preaching the Bible, by the way, folks. Number three, (laughs) take time to pray. Take time to pray. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, in Genesis 24, 12, I'll tell you what he said. He said, God, Eliezer said, I don't know which one to choose. And he said, so will you show me what we need to do every day, every morning is we need to take time to pray. Some of you are old enough to remember home interior. I remember when I was a boy, they had home interior parties. Anybody remember that other than me? Sure, sure. That's no reason to shout. But anyway, (laughs) they had home interior parties. The lady who started home interior was a lady by the name of Mary Crowley. This is what Mary Crowley said. She was a committed Christian. She said, now I'll wake up to work. I pray the Lord I will not shirk. If I should die before tonight, I pray the Lord my work's all right. What you got to understand, folks, we need to be praying because your work is a ministry. It's a ministry. God uses you through your work. Number four, be positive each day. Be positive each day. I'm not going to camp long here. But before Abraham sent Isaac out, he said, an angel's going to lead you. An angel's going to lead you, and it's going to work out. Let me tell you something. God's going to work it all out, folks. Things turn out best for those who make the best of how things turn out. 
And what I'm saying by be positive each day, folks, thank God you've got a job. Tell yourself the good things about your job. Quit telling yourself all the negative things. Quit telling yourself all the derogatory things. All you're doing is pulling yourself down. When you first got that job, it was wonderful. But I've often said many times our miracle becomes a monument. We first get it and we say, praise God, we've got tears in our eyes. And we're so rejoicing. But then in a short time, why did I have to do this? Be positive each day. Number five, think about what you say. <laughs> think about what you say. This was interesting to me. Death and life's in the power of the tongue. I want to tell you something. I said things early on to people that I still believe were true. But if I could go back, I wouldn't say them. See, folks, most preachers want to talk about all the men in the Bible's faults, but they never want to talk about their own. They want to tell the story about Peter messing up and David messing up and Jonah messing up, but they're never willing to be transparent enough to say they messed up. No, no, no. There's a lot of things that I've said that if I could go back, I wish I'd not said those things. She said, well, it felt so good at the time. Yeah, it felt so good at the time, but listen to me very closely. Listen to me very closely. <laughs> Shortly after, it's not going to feel so good, and you're going to have to go apologize to have peace with God. See, 87% of people that are fired, that are terminated, they're not terminated because they're incapable of doing the job. 87% of people that are fired are fired because they can't get along with other people. All I'm going to say is think about what you say. Somebody said, well, Pastor Benny, if you think it, you might as well say it. I don't know who told you that, but that's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. Somebody said, I can't believe the things you say in the pulpit. Folks, you couldn't believe the things I didn't say that come to my mind. Amen. Okay, number six. <laughs> Prepare to pay. Prepare to pay. Now, let me explain this. This lady, Rebecca, goes down there and draws water. And she becomes the wife of Isaac. And then she becomes the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus Christ. But she didn't realize that, folks, every day when she went down there to just draw the water. It was just a normal, daily job. See, you're, you're going to have more maintenance days at work than you're going to have magnificent days at work. Everything nice has a price. But many times we want a quantum leap. And we want, many times we want to get married. <laughs> and we want to have in two years what it took mom and daddy 30 years to get. When we need to prepare to pay. Because everything nice has a price. Number seven, plan to stay. <laughs> plan to stay. The average American has eight different jobs by the time they're 30. I want to encourage you to get somewhere, find where God's gifted you, and stay there. Pastor, I was here a year, and God led me away, and I was there six months. No, you were. No, God didn't lead you away. He don't change his mind that fast. Somebody's leading you, but it's not God. 
Last Sunday, I was asked, how do you stay at a church 30 years? Well, when I wanted to leave, I just stayed. And when the people wanted me to leave, I just stayed. Just stay. Plan to stay. I remember one day I walked out into the yard and I said to Barbara, I said, you see that right over there? I said, that's a mushroom. She said, yeah. She said, it just came up. I said, yeah, after it rained. It came up in six hours. Just bonsai, mushroom. (laughs) But I said, Barbara, look at that. That's an oak tree. Massive limbs. I said, boy, we got something there. She said, yeah, we got something. But I said, it took 60 years. It took 60 years. And I said, I don't want to be that mushroom. I want to be that oak tree. Amen? (laughs) Yeah. And I said, you know what's so wonderful, Barbara? I can be that oak tree because that oak tree is just a nut that refused to quit. Folks, let me tell you something. We're living in a day when people are quitting on their marriages. My God, we had problems. You you, you quit because you had problems. Do you think there's a marriage anywhere that don't have problems? Do you think, listen, folks, Barbara and I have never fussed, but my God, we've had some intensive fellowship. Do you think there's a marriage somewhere that's perfect? Heaven's that place, folks. It's not here. You say, but oh, Brother Benny, our marriage was made in heaven. So was thunder and lightning. Amen. You say, oh, God, I married her and she looked like Wonder Woman. Oh, but now I wonder if she's a woman. That's what I'm going to talk about next week. The last message, how to have a happy home, how to have a happy marriage, how to have a happy family. You need to bring everybody you can possibly bring. Because, see, folks, we start out and it's ideal. And then we have some ordeals. And then we're looking for a new deal. But let me tell you something. I don't know what marriage you're in. I don't know if you're in your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. I don't know what you're in right now. But you come up close, I'll tell you the will of God is for you to stick with that marriage. That's the will of God. Whatever one you're in right now, you stick with that marriage. Even if you're going through hard times, you stick in there because I know that's the will of God from the Word of God. Amen? So plan to stay. Plan to stay. Just find something and stay there a while. Stay there a while. Dave Thomas said... Only do one thing at a time and only a few things in a lifetime. Then the last point, find your way. Find your way. What I mean by that, folks, everything that I've said today is wood, hay, and stubble if you don't find your way. I recently read a book by Carly Fiorina. It was entitled Find Your Way. This is what she said. She said, people never change. Now, let me explain that point. She said, sure, we change our hairstyles, our fashion trends, our home decor, our exercise regiments, our parenting approaches, our spending patterns, our modes of transportation, our preferred forms of entertainment. 
and relationship patterns all the time. But behind and beneath and alongside all the window dressing is the same human soul that has always been there, longing for the same things we've always wanted. Meaning, purpose, fulfillment, dignity, love, and peace. And folks, when we look at finding our way, there was a man in the Bible that would have made Bill Gates look like a pauper. His name was Solomon. And let me tell you about this guy. Solomon tried it with women. We know he had at least a thousand different women. At least a thousand different women. He tried it with wine. He tried it with the party scene, party. He tried it. He tried it with education. He was a botanist. He was a ornithologist. He was an uh, ichthyologist. That's an expert in fish. He, he tried it. He tried everything. And then he said in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, God's put eternity in my heart. And let me say something today, folks. The only thing that can fill that void that God's placed in your heart is God. No person can fill it. No possession can fill it. Only God. So you got to find your way. You say, I won, you'll still be empty. I, I met her, you'll still be empty. I, 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 I received it, you'll still be empty. I built it, you'll still be empty. I, I, I graduated, you'll still be empty. Because you got to find your way. And the good news is, Jesus Christ said, I am the way. <laughs> I am the way. I told you last Sunday, every good thing in my life is traced back to one decision. The day I found my way. I found my way. The day I started to say I found the Lord, but he wasn't lost. He found me. But I was searching, and I found the way. I found my way. And friend, you can too. No matter what is going on in your life, you'll never have peace until you find your way to Jesus Christ. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept. 
Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin, and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.